You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Green Bar Sports on a Sunday morning. Goldschmidt swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Graybar, your distributor for electrical and datacom needs. Billiken win! Billiken win! Now, from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman. Welcome to Ballpark Village, Cardinals Nation. Inside Ballpark Village as the Cardinals take on the Dodgers today. It's an exciting day as the Cardinals can win another series. Downtown was exciting yesterday with the Cardinals winning and City winning. We're getting settled into downtown St. Louis. It's a beautiful day. We're actually going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll be joined live by Cardinals manager Oliver Marmel. That's next right here on KMOX. Welcome back to the Gray Bar Sports on a Sunday morning. Goldschmidt swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Gray Bar, your distributor for electrical and datacom needs. Billikens win. Billikens win. Once again, from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman. Welcome back. Sports on a Sunday morning, sponsored by Gray Bar, and we are joined by Cardinals manager Oliver Marmel, who is with us after a terrific day yesterday for the Cardinals and their fans. Good morning, Ollie. How are we doing? Uh, doing pretty well. That was fun yesterday, I'll tell you what, <laughs> and dramatic, and it had everything wrapped into one, didn't it? That was some game. <laughs> no, it was a good one. I'm glad we came away with the win. Um, we had some pretty big swings, and uh Really nice job uh, by the bullpen, but overall that was uh, that was a good one. Miles threw a really good game and uh, got clipped there for the homer. But outside of that, man, just pounded the zone with all his stuff, mixed his pitches, kept guys off balance, kept throwing up zeros, and uh, and gave us a shot. So overall, really good game against a really good team. Really good, and the crowd was good too, wasn't it? They're, they're, I'm over oh my here at gosh. Ballpark Village, Cardinals Nation. They're starting to come in already in anticipation of today's game. We're three hours away. That crowd yesterday was ready to go. The crowd was unbelievable, and uh, I'm glad we're giving them something to cheer about. And when they get behind this club, uh, these guys feed off that energy. It was uh, it was incredible yesterday. Um, it was loud. They were into it. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it really was. The Cardinals get the win, and in part, and we could talk about so many different things, but due to a lefty slugger who was celebrating a one-year anniversary of his call-up, Nolan Gorman, you already showed signs that you trusted him against lefties when you started him against the lefty. You had him in there again against the lefty, Ollie, and he got the job done. What a clout he had. It was uh... – Really good swing. He continues to take his swings. It doesn't matter, righty, lefty. Um, it, it, it's been fun to watch, but he, he's staying in there against the lefty extremely well. He doesn't have a ton of at-bats coming up through the minor leagues uh, against lefties, um, but he's going to continue to get, a, get an opportunity, and he's taking advantage of it. He's just doing a really nice job of staying within himself, not trying to do too much. But yesterday, 
really big swing there in a key moment. He continues to do it. No question. The Cardinals get the win, and at that point, it felt like you'd won the game just based on the crowd noise and the moment and Nolan Gorman doing his thing and the place is rocking and the Dodgers are the Dodgers. I mean, they don't give in for a second, and they came right back at you, didn't they? You had to make a move there in the ninth inning, trading Hells for Geo. Yeah, Hells, we wanted him against the meat of the order there in the eighth. He did a really nice job of uh... – of getting those guys out and he felt really good we knew going into yesterday that he uh he was available for two innings and he goes back out for the ninth and, and unfortunately they get a couple base hits against him and hayward uh, takes a pretty good swing against him but uh for geo to come in and get those three outs that was uh that was a really really nice job yeah what what is going well for him right now well let me go back we all knew that the pitch timer was going to be something that he was going to have to tackle and learn, and it feels like he has done that. He plays and pitches with a good pace. No, he's he's done a really nice job. He he was the one that we, we felt like was going to have the most trouble. I mean, he was one of the slowest in baseball at just uh, in between, taking his time in between pitches and gathering himself, so we thought he was going to have an issue with it. Um, he He got – accustomed to it in, in spring training and it hasn't been an issue at all for him so to his credit he's made that adjustment and it's not affecting him at all and he also has as we know a terrific slider what's the key you know there i mean obviously landing it but you know knowing when to throw it in what situation and you've seen him so many times you trust him in those situations but you know it is a process isn't it from year to year uh, yeah, it's um, he's got a really good slider, and what the key to it is throwing his fastball enough um, yeah. to keep you off of it. And yesterday, what he did with Wilson behind the plate there was unbelievable. Uh, Wilson called the fastball. Um, he misses. He misses with another fastball to get to a three-two count, and everyone thinks that here comes the slider. It's his best pitch. If you're gonna if you're gonna give it up, you're gonna give it up on your best pitch. And um, he freezes him with the third fastball in the zone there, and that was just. That was, a, that was a big, big pitch call right there, and I'm glad he executed it. I'm with you, and I'm glad you brought that up. I noticed it as well. Two elevated fastballs, and I thought – I actually turned to my daughter, and I said, you know what's coming, right? And, <laughs> it, of course, it wasn't. <laughs> Got him with the fastball. And that is your catcher. I mean, what a – and you knew that. I mean, you knew that it would just be a matter of time before you saw everything working uh, in – in fluid motion, really. I mean, and, and you know, Adam Wainwright credited your catcher as well, uh, Wilson Contreras, for helping him through a situation prior. Yeah, it's coming together. Um, we feel good about it. Uh, everybody in this clubhouse is, is, is trusting one another, and that's the key to this whole thing, especially when things aren't going well. Your ability to stay together as a club, understand that the process is going to work and trust one another through that is extremely important and uh, credit to this group and the staff because they've done that. There's so much going on with this team right now, and here you are ready to possibly win another series. I mean, you could put together another series win that would be four in a row, Cubs, Red Sox, and then the two home series. And, you know, Ollie, this really does fall on Jack Flaherty again. It's kind of where you wanted him to be, I think. You, and I think he wanted to pitch in big situations. There was a lot expected of Jack, I felt like, going into this season. He's had a good track record, but there was a lot expected of him. He does seem like the kind of person that relishes those situations. He, he does. He lives for that. And um, his makeup allows him to. Like, he, he's just, he loves the big moment. He wants to be that guy. 
and he's prepared to do it. And his last outing was as dominant as we've seen in, in a while. And it'll be fun to watch him today because um, once you show that you're capable of doing that, people want to see it every time out. And today's a good day for that. So we're excited to see Jack back on the mound with, with, with Wilson. And uh, it should be a fun matchup, I'll tell you that. You know who else had a really big hit that seems sort of forgotten because of all the dramatics later? But Alec Burleson, a two-strike RBI double in the bottom of the second. Ollie, he's hit safely in 21 of 31 games this season. I feel like you and I talk about him on the air and off the air a lot about what you saw late last year going into this year and why you keep coming back to Burleson. No, and if you actually look at his last three to four games and look at the outs he's making, um, his outs are all line drives right at people, and he's hitting it hard. Um, He's got a good pass with his swing that allows him to have success, and um, unfortunately, he's lined out quite a bit this year as well, but uh, yesterday, that was a big double there to get us a run, and and, and not to... uh, Another thing, the key to that game was uh, the guys on the base pass. They they, they took advantage of Syndergaard when when it was uh, appropriate, and that, that was a good thing as well. You know, you talk about outs there. Juan Yepes had an out yesterday that in the score book it'll go as a ground out, but he hit it 113.8 miles per hour. <laughs> that, is, that is big time stuff, man. That's a, yeah. I mean, that guy hits screamers, doesn't he? What, what do you see for Juan Yepes? I mean, how does he how does he fit with this team? Yeah, um, it, it'll be mostly against the lefties. And uh, we have some protection in the outfield defensively with Mercado, and yep, you can take uh, at-bats against left-handers for the most part and, and try to do some damage against them. He'll be in there today against Kershaw, so that should be, uh, that should be good to watch as well. Cardinals getting the Dodgers today on what is just a gorgeous day downtown, and they win it yesterday 6-5. to five. Nolan Arenado extended his hitting streak to 11 games, Ollie. He had a single in the third inning. This is his longest streak in a Cardinal uniform. Uh, He has, and this does happen, where you get a star or two going and you can really go places. I know everybody plays a role here, but when Nolan Arenado is doing that, you're in a good place. Yeah, and he's in a good place. He's swinging the bat extremely well. He's doing a lot of damage. He's back to feeling like himself. And that's a that's a good thing for him and us because um, when he gets rolling, there's a lot of confidence that the other guys feed off of, and um, it's contagious. So getting him going was important, and we're glad he he's rolling, and the rest of the guys are are rolling with him. I also noticed your running game, which has been picking up here. Um, how do you? What's your philosophy there when it comes to swiping bags? Because we know you have some players capable of doing that. Yeah, uh, we've been doing it at a pretty high percentage as far as success rate goes, and, and the guys are well prepared in knowing when to take advantage of somebody and, and from a, how to pick their spot, when to pick their spot, time of the game, when to be aggressive, when not to, and it's been good. Um, yesterday was a good day for it. We knew we could run on sending guard, and a couple guys did that, and it just allows you to stay out of the double player, put yourself in, in scoring position. So, um, yeah, yesterday was a good day for it for sure. Cardinals are taking on a Dodgers team today, and then you head back on the road. But to finish things off today, you'll be facing Clayton Kershaw. And I know that often we talk about the Cardinals and not the other side as much, but to say a few words, if you would, about a pitcher that, you know, we'll see for a little bit longer in his career, but he is one of the greats. There's no doubt about that. Respect to Clayton Kershaw. Nah, he's one of the best to do it. Uh, unbelievable competitor and um, a tough at bat. Righty, lefty, doesn't matter. He knows what he's doing. That's why he's uh, 
one of the best to do it, and it's it's always good to match up against. And these are the guys you want to go up against because um, these these are the guys you have to beat in order to get to where we want to get to. So today will be a good matchup. Seeing him against Jack will be fun. It's also been ten years since the 2013 Cardinals, the team that won the pennant, went to the World Series. Um, I bring it up because you actually knew some of these guys really well. I mean, weren't you playing with some of these guys in the minor leagues down in Palm Beach yeah. and, and other places? Yeah, uh, a couple of them uh, through the system. Um, on that 13 team, for sure, there's a, there's a handful of guys I played with. Is it is it fun to see just some of the, you know, and, and not only see them, but think about what marks you could make with this club and beyond that, uh, you know, for, for years, the 11 Absolutely. and 13, you know, they're going to get to celebrate together forever. No, no doubt about that. And it was good being able to see them in the dugout and, and kind of talk to some of them yesterday before they headed onto the field to be celebrated. And um, anytime you get to do that, that 10 year mark is pretty cool. So hopefully we can continue to build some memories here and, and celebrate them 10 years down the road as well. Well, we appreciate the time as always. Thank you for being with us. Sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. Best of luck today on a gorgeous day downtown, and we'll see you real soon. You got it. Appreciate you. Thank you. Ali Marmel, Cardinals manager, talking some ball with us. Boy, it's fun, isn't it, to see the Cardinals do their thing now. They erupted for 16 runs in the first game of this series. They don't score any in the second game. Then they come back and do that yesterday. You just never know what you're going to see at the ballpark. But what you are starting to see is a team that is putting it together. The Cardinals have been winning games. Uh, They have now won 10 of their last 13. That goes back to May 7th. They snapped their streak of successful stolen bases, as we mentioned, at 22 in the third inning when Nolan Arenado was caught stealing second. They're within five games of the division lead for the first time since April 17th. They have gained five games in the division since the aforementioned May 7th when they went on this tear, 10 of the last 13. So while, yes, they are seven games under 500, this has been a very successful run for the Cardinals. The pieces are coming together. There are, of course, going to be things that pop up on a daily basis that they're going to have to navigate. But for right now, the Cardinals are in a good spot. We'll see if they can handle the NL West leaders today, the Los Angeles Dodgers, one more time. We'll take a break, and when we come back, we'll discuss the PGA Championship. It is underway, final round play right now, just outside of Rochester, New York. It's the Cardinals and the Dodgers here at Ballpark Village today. City. With a win last night over Kansas City, four to nothing. We'll talk to Lutz Fannin-Steel, the sporting director of City. He'll be with us on the way at eleven fifteen, and John Mozeliak at eleven thirty with more questions about the club for him, the Cardinals' president of baseball operations. At the bottom of the eleven o'clock hour, we also have at the forty-five some pretty cool stuff. Ten forty-five, Tyler Reddick who drives on the NASCAR Cup Series. He'll be driving tonight in North Wilkesboro, and we'll discuss that all-star race and the upcoming Enjoy Illinois 300 at Worldwide Technology Raceway with him. He will be here in just a couple of weeks. At 11.45, oh, baby, Ken Wilson talking things over with Hancock and Kelly, the former Blues broadcaster, joins us as well. A lot to do. Sports on a Sunday morning comes your way next from Ballpark Village on KMOX. Coming to you today from Cardinals Nation inside Ballpark Village. Tom Ackerman with you. Cards and Dodgers. Beautiful day. Downtown St. Louis. Come on down, as Mike Shannon would say, if you're in the neighborhood. The ticket 
will be waiting for you. If you want to grab one, I'm sure there are still a handful of good seats available here. I met a couple of Dodgers fans walking in here. They were taking pictures of the giant World Series trophy, which is right outside Ballpark Village. And I said, hey, how have you enjoyed our ballpark? And they said, it's our first time. We haven't been inside yet. I'm like, oh, wow. And they said, uh, can you give us a tour? I said, I'd love to, but I'm heading in to do a show right now. But if you'd like to go up to the second floor of Cardinals Nation, you should check out the Cardinals Hall of Fame and Museum. I thought it would be a nice little walk through baseball history. And, no, I'm not trying to show them how great we are. Okay, maybe a little. Uh, But, yeah, let some Dodgers fans. They do. I've seen a bunch of them. They're enjoying the history. The Dodgers fan also asked me if I'm a golfer. And I said, yes. And I looked down. I'm wearing my Bell Reeve 2018 PGA Championship shirt. That's why he asked the question. I am really enjoying Dan Reardon. And welcome to the show, our senior golf editor. The fact that the PGA Championship is so competitive. I feel like we're part of the club, you know, St. Louis, because we've had a couple now. Uh, we're And most recently, a very successful one. The PGA Championship is connected to us. So I enjoy that as much as any major now. Even more so because the third-round leader is the guy that won here in St. Louis. No question. Brooks Kepka, who won back-to-backs in 2018-2019. He won at Beth Page. And, I mean, who else has won three PGAs? Tiger, Jack? Is that about it? I'd have to research that. And you have to go. You have to actually go back. Walter Hagen certainly has won more than that because in the match play era, he won multiple PGA championships. But uh, in the stroke play era, three sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, pretty good, and he's been good. Now, yesterday was a heck of a day where he was sitting around fourth there for a while, and uh, Connors was leading the way. Hovland was up in there, so was Justin Rose. But Brooks Kepka had that look about him, and he's not going to play defensively. He's going to be aggressive. He's going to go after it. He's trying to win this thing. The Wanamaker Trophy, one of the most beautiful trophies in the sport, and if he plays like this, he's going to take it. Well, you know, it- it, it all boils down to the golf course. You know, you're not playing against the field. You're playing against the golf course in, in every instance in the game of golf. Uh, I looked at the early uh, players out, and quite a few of the players out early are over par on their rounds. There's two things that this golf course has left in it after all the rains that we saw yesterday. The one is it looks like they're not playing left cleaning places, which, which is what I expected. And so mud balls, which will be roll of the dice. You never know if you're going to bring up mud or not, but mud balls will be a factor. The other thing I think you need to watch, Tom, is the Donald Ross greens, from my experience, don't dry out evenly. And so the high ground areas where the pins are cut at the back of the, the, the holes or on the high grounds are going to be dangerous areas for the players to be too aggressive with because they're going to be fooled on a couple of occasions if they take it all the way to the flagstick because it'll be dry enough that it'll bounce over and then you can't score from over the greens. So Brooks will be aggressive. But I sort of like the, the, the Corey Connors approach, which is find the middle of the green and then play to the hole from there. Connors shot 70 yesterday. How did his round go? What was going on there? He had a couple of things at one ball that disappeared. I didn't, didn't see it. Yeah, but for one swing, he'd be leading this championship. He put a ball uh, in the bunker and then bladed it into the uh, face of the bunker, took double bogey on that hole and shot uh, even par 70. But uh one swing that doesn't go in the bunker, and he's in at seven under par, and people are chasing him. And if Connors can continue to drive the ball in the machine-like fashion that he's done, he'll remain in the chase. You know, he likes the fact that these greens are a little slower. That's the weakest part of his game. And he can, he can rely on two-putting and one-putting when he gets a chance to be competitive. 
Victor Hovland will be an interesting case because he lacks the experience to deal with these circumstances, not only the pressure of playing for a major title, but also the, the variables, the, the wet ground, the wet rough, um, those kinds of things. And give Hovland credit, one of the big weaknesses in his game has been his, his uh, ability around the greens, particularly out of bunkers, and he's played very well out of the bunkers so far this week. This uh, The PGA Championship at Oak Hill, which is just outside of Rochester, New York, where the weather started in the 30s, and then it swung into rain after a frost delay, and then some rain and sun poked out, and then more rain and a gusher yesterday, and now today, wonderful conditions. At least we'll see if the golf course can dry out in parts. Dan Reardon is with us to talk about it. Who does this also favor? I do wonder that if he is on his game, if Bryson DeChambeau can make a run here. He's three back and certainly capable. What do you think about Bryson? I think Bryson falls into the category of Kepka and, and Scotty Scheffler and, and Rory McIlroy. This course now, its playability is going to favor the longer hitters. They are able to land the ball in the fairway and not fear that it will run into the rough, and the rough will continue to be a problem. So Kep, so for DeChambeau, uh, yesterday he got, a, he got a little crooked from times. But the fact that he's here after three days, you know, everybody, I, I thought that maybe that first round 66 was an outlier and that we, he would come back to earth, and he did a little bit. But um, if, if he's able to keep the ball in play, he can no longer play bomb, bomb and gouge on this golf course. He has to find fairways and, and then continue to putt. He's putted reasonably well. He's particularly good, I think, inside 10 feet with his putter, a little unorthodox. But, uh, you know, I, I have to say I think Bryson's the real deal. I do, too. Rory McIlroy is right back in it. I mean, he's five back, and as you mentioned, big hitters, they can make up some ground on this course. They are at an advantage. Paired with Rory McIlroy is Michael Block, who went to Parkway Central. He went to UMSL. He is a teaching pro at Mission Viejo, California's Arroyo Trabuco Golf Club. And he's also paired with Rory in the PGA Championship. And if he finishes top 10, Dan, he'll be in the U.S. Open, won't he? And if he finishes top four, he'll be in the Masters. Uh, there's, there's a lot on the line. <clears throat> you know, I, I read his quotes afterwards, and I, I like the sort of brash approach that he has. He talked about he's capable of going out and shooting three or four under. He's not giving anything up to the leaders. I hope that's just talk and not strategy. Because what Michael Block really has on the line here is he has a chance to earn anywhere from a quarter of a million to a half million dollars by staying in a position in the top ten. This will be a very trying day for him. He needs a good start. But, you know, he's thrown 70-70-70 at the course. I, I think he should be really happy if he can throw a 70-71 and walk away with that check and the fame that goes with it. You know, he can go out and qualify for the U.S. Open. He has that kind of ability. He's done it in the past. He can go out and qualify for the PGA next year. Uh, He's done that in the past. What he has not done in the past is play on the weekend a major championship, and he has not played the final day starting in the top ten. And you got to take advantage of that financially as much as you have to take advantage of it competitively. He is four years away from turning 50, which would put him at uh, the PGA Tour champions level if he would like to, and which would mean – that could be another compelling story for the Ascension Charity Classic. If I'm jumping ahead of myself, but if he starts to stack up a couple of these, by the time he rolls into the Ascension, he'll be a pretty popular guy. I mean, they are all over him in Rochester. 
And you have to understand, Mike, uh, Michael Block is not a newcomer to being successful in this game. Last year, he was the PGA Professional of the Year. He qualified for this term by winning the, the club professional championship. I think this is his seventh major t- championship that he's played in. This is a guy he's played in tour events on sponsors' exemptions. This is a guy that's seen the action a lot. He's not your typical club pro. pro. He's a guy that can play and has played well when the circumstances have presented. But I go back to, again, saying that I hope, I hope that his caddy has nailed his feet to the ground and, and that he doesn't let the crowds and the excitement and all these circumstances enter into what has been a really beautiful story for the first three days and could continue to be a beautiful story with a solid finish today. Yeah, the reaction that he had when he was told that he was going to be paired with Rory, he said, what, huh, what? And, and he, had, he still asked the interviewer who actually broke the news to him, he had to be reminded a few times, is this really happening? He also, though, looked very calm and pretty comfortable, I'd say, wearing AirPods and being interviewed by Trevor Immelman and Jim Nance, just strolling down the fairway. And then he hit and stuck one right on the green and did it again the following hole. Uh, I remember him hitting the first tee shot at the 100th PGA Championship at Belle Reve. And he, again, went to Parkway Central, which is just down the street. And he said, boy, I just hope I get it off the tee. He was extremely nervous back then, but did such a wonderful job and uh, hit one down the middle. Yeah, like I said, it's a great story, Tom. Regardless of how it turns out today, it's a great story. And I, I think we're going to have a really entertaining final day because the golf course is dangerous and yet vulnerable at the same time. And that means there will be guys climbing the board, and that means there will be guys sliding down the board. Who those players will be, only time will tell. You know, I like Kepka as a leader. I, I fear a guy that's gone 66-66 can't go out and do that again. And I think there's a 66 sitting somewhere in the top 10. I love the stories. I love talking about it with you. And I appreciate the time very much, Dan Reardon. Thank you. And enjoy the PGA Championship as we will as well this afternoon. Enjoy the time. Brooks Kepka, one-shot lead at the PGA Championship at Oak Hill. We'll take a break from Ballpark Village. Cardinals Nation is where we are. Table's starting to get filled up here, and it certainly will. Big crowd expected here on a Sunday afternoon. See if the Cardinals can win this series. Big crowd coming to Madison, Illinois in two weeks. Worldwide Technology Raceway, the Enjoy Illinois 300. NASCAR Cup Series driver Tyler Reddick will join us next on KMOX. Welcome back. Call from Mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend 
or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. To the Gray Bar Sports on a Sunday morning. Goldschmidt swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Gray Bar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Billikens win! Once again, from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman. Welcome, folks. It's great to be with you, and we are joined by, there he is, Tyler Reddick. What a treat to be joined by the number 45 car, the Beast Unleashed Toyota Camry for 2311 Racing. Tyler, thanks for joining us on KMOX. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, so how are things going for you? First of all, All-Star Weekend, let's start there, and then we'll get into coming to St. Louis for the Enjoy Illinois 300 at the beginning of next month, but you qualified for the All-Star Race North Wilkesboro. That's pretty cool that they're racing there. Absolutely. Yeah, we got to make a trip up there last night, kind of get a lay of the land. Um, you know, I, I did the test earlier in the year there, and, and we learned a lot of good, valuable, you know, information, is one, and, and more importantly, really helped Goodyear dial in a tire that, uh, we feel like it would be really great for the all-star race. So, yeah, it was great to watch that race there last night, see the late model guys mix it up. Um, it's just the track has so much so much age to it, uh, the surface does. But, uh, you know, it, it it's holding up well for how, how much age it has. And uh, it was great to see all the people there last night and just see how just how this place has really come back to life. Yeah, it's an exciting time of year. I mean, here we go. We're we're on a little run here, and eventually you'll be here in St. Louis. Uh, how was Darlington last week? Another track with a lot of history. Yeah, Darlington for us, um, we had decent speed. I think we, you know, if we executed well, we probably could have ran third or fourth. You know, as that race shook out with, you know, Ross and Kyle having issues, um, and Martin and Joey getting into each other, if we could have missed that wreck. I think we would have been great, a great position. You know, William went on to win that race. And he was behind us at the time that, that, that you know, those, those guys got up, caught up in that wreck. So if we could have missed that, I think we would have been in a really good uh, position to, to have a fight uh, to win that race. Yeah, it um, seems like. Unfortunately, it just didn't work out. Yeah, it seems like everybody's talking about Ross today and yesterday and the day before. <laughs> uh, my buddy Kenny Wallace was talking about him. You know, it's, it's one of those things that you have to deal with as a driver, don't you? Just uh, throughout, everybody has their own way. Yeah, um, you know, me and Ross actually get along really well on the racetrack and off of it. You know, we we raced each other uh, really clean. You know, obviously it, everyone's seen the things that have happened with him and the other drivers, but but to me that doesn't really affect me. Me and him race good. I race really with most of the most of the field. We get along really really well. Um, but uh, you know, I, I've spent a lot of time with him in years past when I was you know with uh, RCR and, and with Chevy. We would train just about every single day. So you know, I think perspective I have is definitely going to be different than the fans and, and most of the drivers that he competes against as well, you know, um, but, but Noah does spend a lot of time with him too. So to see that happen was pretty wild, but um, you know, it's, uh, it's just, you know, you got to take it one week at a time and, you know, 
mistakes do happen. I make mistakes. I know Ross has too. It's just, you know, as, as drivers, we're pushing really hard and those things can happen. There are a lot of things that happen. I mean, you know, I was going to ask about adjustments too, because I know there were, you were penalized, uh, your team was for an inspection before that. And how, how does that work? How do you adjust when you have to kind of shuffle uh, your staff around to get ready for something like that? Yeah, we got a good group here. And so, you know, yeah, those, those situations when they happen are not ideal, but uh, everyone did, did really well handling that situation. Dave Rogers has a huge amount of, of, of experience in the cup garage as a crew chief. His role shifted throughout the years. And then he's got him over here at 2311 heading out everything on competition side. So really glad to have that amount of depth here at 2311. So we made the race on Sunday go really, really smooth. Um, you know, we think we were again, we were in position to have a good finish, but, uh, yeah, those things are tough and, you know, uh, but, uh, it is what it is and we're moving on from it and, and then North Wolfsburg. Tyler Reddick's with us on KMOX 2311 for people who don't know 11, Denny Hamlin, who's a minority owner of the team and a terrific driver. And 23 is Michael Jeffrey Jordan. What is that like uh, for you to be driving for the greatest to ever pick up a basketball and maybe the greatest in the history of team sports. Yeah, it's pretty remarkable um, to have, have, uh, you know, not just a, a, a driver like, like Denny Hamlin that's been so much in the sport, but, but having a boss uh, in Michael Jordan as well. Um, he's very locked in, you know, obviously it, it, if he went to every single race, I don't know if he would ever get out of the racetrack with all the people that'd be swarming him, but he stays very locked in what's going on. He's always, you know, getting in touch with me, getting in touch with Bubba, obviously Denny as well, and, and others here at the shop. Um, but, you know, he's very locked in and, and really wants um, wants the best out of everybody in this in this building. So it's great to it's great when he does get to go to the track and spend time with him. Um, but it's also great, you know, just it's, it's something you don't get used to, you know, getting a, getting a tax, good luck, or, or when, when Michael's checking in and seeing how things are going. What is Bubba Wallace like as a teammate? Is he been able to show you the ropes and uh, I mean not that you don't know your way around but what has he been like he's been great you know me and him are we have a lot of similarities uh we have differences too um but we get along really well I feel like you know our differences are what what makes us unique and and, and certainly I feel like how we both approach you know driving a car or, or preparing for the weekend or just our mindset for the weekend really pairs well together and our team does a really good job of allowing you know our cars to really be close enough to where we can adjust to one another if, if necessary. And so, uh, yeah, having Bubba as a teammate is great. He does a really good job of getting his team, more, you know, in, in the right mental mindset, getting them excited. You know, he knows how to really push and, um, and get the job done. So it's been great having him here. He's been here, you know, you know, two years previous and, you know, having Kurt Bush around as well to help me get, get settled has been good too. But yeah, I mean, we're only, think this would be race number 13 or 14 uh, on the year um but you know it, it feels like we i feel like it settled in really quickly here with with the group um and you know it doesn't even really feel like this is a, a brand new like team to me you know we've been spending a lot of time together it feels like feels like home and I feel like we're doing you know a lot of good stuff right now yeah kurt's a great guy no you make a great point there and kurt's a great guy joins us on the show really like him both of you have that cool monster paint scheme you know um wanted to ask you also about, and I know you just won at the Circuit of the Americas, and that's, congratulations on that. And you had won the poll there before and, and know that so well. But I wanted you to take me back. Just a couple things left for Tyler Reddick. 2019, your first time driving in the Cup Series was at Daytona. 
Yeah. What was that experience like? I know it ended with a wrap, but what, what was that like, the anticipation going into that? Oh, it was crazy. My nerves, having the butterfly, pretty much all of the above that you could imagine, you know, things that that um, you go through your mind, you know, hard to sleep. It was all the things that first time, that first race there. And um, just a crazy experience, you know, walking out through driver intros in front of sold out crowd at Daytona. Um, just those moments are forever etched in my brain. And I know I've done it a few times over and it's been sold out every time as well, but that first time for sure is just, is just something very unique and just, you know, forever be, be stuck with me. But um, yeah, the day didn't go great. And I'll always remember the day too, because coming to pit road, got run over from behind and run into flying into Jimmy Johnson or crashing coming to pit road, my first ever cup race. And I've run into seven time champion from getting ran over myself. So you know, those, those are also not so great memories, but they, they help yeah. their, their memories nonetheless. They're a part of the story of how it all started. I was told recently uh, by somebody to celebrate. Actually, I'll tell you who it was. It was a Hall of Fame hockey player, Chris Pronger, said, celebrate the victories and be proud of the scars. I like that. Uh, anyway, but going back to like butterflies, I think we had butterflies last year. You know, we're hosting our first NASCAR Cup Series race. You could probably relate to that, what that's like for a track to do it for the first time. Now we got to come back at everybody after knocking that out of the park and doing it a second time. What is your impression of St. Louis and, and what we have set up here? Man, I love it. I really do. I, you know, I, I, I lived in, um, lived in DuCoin, Illinois for seven years, not too far away. So I've been to gateway for a number of events through the years, you know, you know, back even the, the nationwide days to other events that have been at the speedway. And I uh, have a lot of good friends that live in the area. And um, so the, the track, the area, all that means a lot to me. And so to have the first cup race finally there last year was a really cool deal. You know, having, having Nelly performing in the infield the night before, all that stuff just just really made it feel like a great event. And, um, yeah, I, I'm really glad that, that finally after all this time that, that, that St. Louis and Gateway Worldwide Technology Center or Raceway is getting that date, and we have that cup event. So great area, a lot of really passionate racing fans in the Midwest, and it's it's really awesome that you know for we're, we're going to be coming back for a second event there. Oh, we're really looking forward to having you. And just a final thing, I know it's uh, still a little ways away, but how do you win there? Uh, what what is the key? That's it's a unique track. In, in yeah. Unique yeah, you know, I think it it kind of falls under the line of it's you know a little bit of a mix between like Phoenix and and, and Loudon. And so, you, you know, it's, it's about really having good takeoff speed. Uh, you got to be able to, you know, you got to qualify good there. You got to have good pit stall selection because the pit sequences will be really important and crucial. Um, you know, it's really changed over the last year, you know, pit stops and, and, and really executing on pit road all day long has become super important. You know, the mistakes used to cost you a spot or two and mistakes now cost you five, six, seven spots. And it's hard to overcome from that, especially late in the race. So, uh, you know, just have to really execute really well all race long. But, but certainly it all comes down to having a great car. you got to have it dialed in in practice and, um, you know, be on, the, be on your marks and on the money and qualifying. you got to qualify good. Well, we look forward to that on Saturday. And then Sunday, the race, June 4th, Worldwide Technology Raceway. The Enjoy Illinois 300 is coming here in St. Louis and Madison, Illinois. Tyler Reddick, thank you so much for joining us on KMOX today. All right. Thank you. All right, great to have Tyler Reddick. It's fun to talk to these NASCAR drivers making their way back to the track. They all like being in St. Louis. I haven't heard one person 
even off the mic or just, you know, on the side saying they don't like the track. And Curtis Francois, Chris Blair, and that leadership group have put together a first-class operation, and that's the thing, is that they continue to cater to the fans, to the drivers, to the crew, to the owners, to their sponsors, and make sure that the place is top-notch. I entered a partnership with Curtis and Chris as an ambassador of sorts where – you know, they've had me speak on their behalf, but also uh, help them kind of on the side in, in uh, promoting the race and talking about racing with our great fans here in St. Louis. And did they ever come through? The fans do this all the time in St. Louis. They just take over. And last year, it was like the fans, the racing community, spread the word. And the fans, many of them casual sports fans witnessing NASCAR for the first time, sold the place out. And then there were a lot of them who said, I can't get in. How do I get a ticket? And I said, it's too late. I mean, I can't get you in there. It's, it's sold out. All tickets are accounted for. So I just want to make sure that you know that two weeks away, there are still tickets available, and you may want to snag some if you can at WWTRaceway.com like today. Because once we get past this NASCAR race tonight that I was just talking to Tyler about, and then we get into next weekend, which is Indy 500, I mean, people are making their summer plans. They are going to come to St. Louis. They're going to go to this race. Do not be left out. WWTRaceway.com for the NASCAR Cup race, the Enjoy Illinois 300. We'll talk more sports from Ballpark Village right after the news. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 